5: Well, I hate to break
3: it to you, but GEICO got it from Shakespeare.
4: GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15%
2: or more. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Nice and
6: clean. Execute our race. Put ourselves in position. Got to be there at the end. Yep.
7: Copy that. Have a nice, smooth day and try to be there when it counts. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live.
8: Kevin Harvick to the lead.
7: You know, I think getting out to the West Coast, obviously, it's um, you know, it's, it's tough on the teams. Uh, you know, to get everything prepared and headed in the right direction.
2: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Xfinity, internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud partner of NASCAR, by wheeling on the road, in the air, and around the world. Wheelin is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. And by Blue Emu. Blue Emu's family of products supports healthy muscles and joints, is family-owned, and made here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. From the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Woody
1: Kane. Welcome to NASCAR Live. The 60-second running of the Daytona 500 is in the books, and it was Denny Hamlin winning his second consecutive Daytona 500. He's on tonight's show to talk about the win and the events that followed. We'll also give you an update on the latest Ryan Newman information after his horrific crash on the final lap And we've got a NASCAR Live face-to-face interview with Jimmy Johnson. Over the weekend, the President of the United States attended opening ceremonies for the Great American Race. It's something that's happened only four times in NASCAR history. We'll revisit those other times coming up a little later. This weekend, all three of NASCAR's top series will head to Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and Vegas native and NASCAR driver Brendan Gaughan joins us to talk about the town and its ties to the NASCAR community. We'll also preview the Pennzoil 400 at Las Vegas with Kevin Harvick, Kyle Larson, and others. Jimmy Johnson will have another story to tell with 48 stories with Jimmy Johnson. And Susie Armstrong will take you back with this week's NASCAR history and a whole lot more. But first, that latest update on Ryan Newman following his crash in Monday's Daytona 500. Roush Fenway Racing issued a statement late this afternoon that says Ryan Newman remains under the care of doctors at Halifax Medical Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. He is awake and speaking with family and doctors. Ryan and his family have expressed their appreciation for the concern and heartfelt messages from across the country. They're grateful for the unwavering support of the NASCAR community and beyond. The team says they will continue to provide information as it becomes available. So great news there on Ryan Newman. Coming up on NASCAR Live, Daytona 500 champion Denny Hamlin will join us and later we'll go face-to-face with... 15
4: minutes could save you 15% or more.
3: Is that Shakespeare?
4: Nope.
1: The Xfinity fastest lap of the race was turned in by Eric Jones on lap 111. It was 206.035 miles per hour. The Xfinity fastest lap is brought to you by Xfinity. That wasn't just fast, that was Xfinity fast. Denny Hamlin joins us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Whelan would like to congratulate Denny Hamlin and his number 11 Joe Gibbs Racing Pit Crew for the
2: win at Daytona International Speedway. They are the Whelan Pit Crew of the Week. With 30 laps to go, the team made its final pit stop in the 62nd Daytona 500. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform.
1: Now, back to Woody Kane. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Three time now, Daytona 500 champion Denny Hamlin joins us on the guest line. And Denny, uh, congratulations are certainly in order, but uh, it's a swirl of emotions around everything that happened at the end of that race. We got some pretty good news late today on uh, Ryan Newman's condition, but I wanted to start off uh, by talking with you guys uh, about what happened uh, at the end of that race, because, you know, you're doing donuts and you're celebrating. You think, "Way, we won the Daytona 500, and people are climbing all over you guys, and I think it's a little bit out of line because people don't really have a concept of how gigantic that place is and all the swirl that goes along. Take us through the end of that race and, and let folks know what really happened there.
6: Uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty simple and straightforward from, from our standpoint. Uh, once we crossed the line, You know, obviously we're congratulations all and all that going on the radio, and then I go down the lug nut check. You know, which is you know pretty normal. I like to get that done, and then kind of go celebrate. As I'm going out out of lug nut check, uh, my spotter says, "Hey, just make sure you leave room for the uh, safety vehicles uh, going to the crash in turn one, or towards turn one." And so, you know, of course, wrecks happen all the time at Daytona, especially at the end. And I don't know the severity of it. Uh, So I go to the, you know, go through the grass, been out a few times, and then I'm looking around, like, well, where's Jamie Little at? Like, we're supposed to be doing an interview here at the start finish line. So (laughs) I just sat in my car for a second and waited on her. And then I saw the crew guys kind of rushing out there. And so I got out of the car, and, and we all gave hugs and everything. And then I realized, well, I don't think we're doing this interview. So she came by and was like, hey, just go straight to Victory Lane. And that's when they told me that uh, what was all what was going on with Ryan. So, uh, you know, it was unfortunate uh, we didn't. You know, I didn't know. I, you know, certainly had had I known, I just drew, drove straight to Victory Lane and, you know, called her today. But uh, yeah, I just I wasn't. I didn't know anything that was going on, and uh, you know, it was super unfortunate for for Ryan and, and his whole team.
1: It really was, but at least we got a little bit of encouraging news late today, and uh, this is really one of those uh, events that shows you how tight the NASCAR community is, doesn't it?
6: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we all, you know, he's a father of two girls. I got two girls, and so it all kind of puts it, you know, in perspective of, you know, you got to cherish every moment. You never know, you know, right? We we take these cars for granted that they're super safe, and Mm -hmm. we've been very fortunate for the last, you know, nearly 20 years, but you just never know when something, uh, a freak accident could happen similar to what happened with Ryan where he, he turned over and, you know, had a car hit him at probably the exact wrong spot that, that you would want to get hit in, uh, in a very vulnerable place.
1: I think that's an interesting point because you know I think we have kind of gotten to where, uh, with all the improvements that have been made to the cars, we we kind of expect guys to just pop out of the car and walk away, and that's that that just shows you it's not always the case.
6: Yeah, no, it definitely is not always the case, not for sure. But um, you know, it, it, it's sometimes you, you got to have kind of a, a wake up call, and and I think this one, hopefully, it looks like uh, his his condition is improving, which is great. And so maybe this could be one of those moments where we. Start to really buckle down and say, okay, you know, how can we use this and and study this and and make the cars even safer?
1: Let's talk a little bit about the race itself, because three out of the last five Daytona 500 trophies are now yours, and you've kind of become the super speedway whisperer here. What have you done to get to this point where you can kind of figure your way through all this and navigate your way to the end of these super speedway races, especially at Daytona, because it's a, a different beast than you see week to week?
6: Yeah, I mean, we've just been on an incredible run the last nine years or so, maybe eight or nine years, with having like seven top fives in the last nine years. It's, been, it's something crazy, I, you know, something I never would have envisioned. But uh, we just got on a run there, and seems like you know we've we've found a knack, or we've we've been really lucky, one of the two, of, of being able to get to the end of these things. But um, you know, I, I was I I probably could have or should have been in in a few of the wrecks that were there yesterday and and just we found our our, our way around it and um you know when we get to the end I, I feel confident that you know I've got enough of a notebook from from past years that, that I, I know what kind of moves I need to make to to try to get a victory and you know really I use a lot of you know w- at, with Ryan right there at the start finish line um you know kind of sucked him back, similar to what I did at Truex right before the start finish line in 2016.
1: You know, we, we talk about these races all the time, and, and you kind of got teased a little bit after a comment you made at, at Daytona Media Day about kind of being able to sense when things were about to go awry, but there there really is something to that, isn't there? What did you mean by that? Because I think the guys who really have success at these tracks can kind of feel when something is not
6: quite right. Yeah, I mean, you just kind of can sense it. You know, you, you use your your senses, right, and you can use your eyes to see that you know the intensity is getting ramped up and really once we got inside that last fuel window inside inside of stage three i mean i I was in places i didn't want to be i mean i was literally about to bail out of the pack because i could i could just sense that we we were not going to be able to continue to sustain the the moves that we were all making like somebody was going to make a mistake and and push too hard or Mm -hmm. get too close and, and cause a wreck and I mean, it happened. I just happened to be able to squeak through it, um, and so uh, I was really fortunate there. But you know, it's the racing in the first two stages is so different than it is in the first, in the last, you know, 30, 40 laps of the race that it's it's an entirely different race, and you have to position yourself before that even happens.
1: Let's finish up with this, Denny, now with uh, Daytona. I know that's been on your mind ever since you, you crossed the start-finish line, but now we get back to uh, mile-and-a-half tracks heading to Las Vegas this weekend. What kind of a race are you looking for there with a, a year worth of knowledge under our belts now after racing this car last year?
6: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it personally with our team. Las Vegas was definitely our worst racetrack that we raced at last year along the a half it was by far our worst racetrack. So I I I love the challenge of going back there and, like, conquering something that, that has gotten the best of you. So um, I'm interested to see what Chris brings there for me and, and go to work on Friday to see if we can't make it a race-winning car.
1: All right. Well, Denny, congratulations. Three out of the last five Daytona 500 trophies are yours, and we'll look forward to catching up with you at Las Vegas and see how things go out there. All right, thank you. There you go. Denny Hamlin, driver of the FedEx Toyota, the Daytona 500 champion. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
3: Is that Shakespeare?
4: Nope, it's Geico.
3: Uh, yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, it thou the berries.
5: For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
4: Nope, it's from Geico, because they help save people money.
3: Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare.
4: Geico. 15 minutes could save you
2: 15% or more. Over 50 years. Fuel your best. Visit MRN.com for the latest podcast series. MRN presents 50 years, the voice of NASCAR. You can download all 10 episodes for free, including the latest chapter,
5: Stories from the Road. Well, he's got a smile on his face as big as Eli Gold had last night when he consumed that five-pound lobster a great run. Well, by this time, Eli has all worked up again. Vans are popping out on his forehead up in the booth.
10: Just, I guess we should have just had more lobster last, last night like Eli
2: because
1: he had a big one.
2: Check it out today wherever you download podcasts
1: or at MRN.com. We'll go face-to-face with Jimmy Johnson next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Woody Kane. Thanks for joining us on this week's edition of NASCAR Live. You know, earlier, Jimmy Johnson said this would be his last full-time season in the NASCAR Cup Series, and I had a chance to go face-to-face with the seven-time champ. Now the checkered flag is coming out. It
2: is all over. And Jimmy Johnson, for the 11th time in his career, has picked up the win here at Dover. Well,
1: Jimmy, heading into 2020, your last season, and I kind of have the sense that this wasn't like a light switch epiphany type moment when you said 2020 is going to be it. Was it more like a dimmer switch where it was eventually just bright
11: enough to where you said, okay? Yes and no. I mean, I'm very intentional with the things that I do, and I spend a lot of time literally writing out pros and cons and it's just just all the stuff trying to make a logical decision and i kind of got too technical with it and and had time still on my side from rick and ally and all of our partners truthfully like a feeling showed up and, and that kind of was in the october time frame it was crazy to me that once that feeling showed up i knew and it was time to go i could have waited till you know start of the year or some other different points in time, but once once I knew, Rick even gave me the advice when I went to his house to let him know, he's like, you're not going to want to sit on this for long, we're going to have to move quickly, and uh, you know, we got through the end of the year, I think the last race um, in Miami, and then decided to, uh, to send out that Uh, video announcement that we did and since that moment and the announcement and the decision um, i've had nothing but more clarity on it and feel so good about uh, the decision i've made you know it's it's retirement from full-time nascar racing it doesn't mean that i'm done racing and i'll put everything i possibly can into this year and to be as competitive as i can be hopefully winning races hopefully in the playoffs hopefully in the final four and then see what, what what shows up after that and what other forms of racing I can fit into the, the more balanced lifestyle that I want to have.
1: Speaking of more balanced lifestyle, what is still
11: on your bucket list, whether it's racing-related or not? Oh, man, the list is my wife and I sit down at night and just try to keep some notes. The list keeps getting longer and longer. And, and with the travel we like to do, I've joked with my wife that I'm going to have to keep working to fund all of that stuff. So <laughs> uh, from personal travel, there's also some fitness-related events that I have my eye on. Um, then there's other forms of car racing I'd love to participate in, um, sports car, the right situation in an Indy car I would look out on a road course, I want to go back to my roots and jump some off-road trucks again mm-hmm. and get dirty. Watching the Chili Bowl coverage from uh, from a week or so ago was, was very interesting and exciting, it's something I want to do, it's on the bucket list, so it's pretty far and wide um, for my own personal things that I want to accomplish, but... but honestly at the top of that bucket list is just being with my family and and really just kind of spending time there. And, and I've, I've spent so much of my life, worried about me and, and running to all the things that I have to do and now with two young kids you know I just I want to slow that down I want to have a more balanced life. Speaking of that I saw where you had some fun in the offseason at Aspen you and
1: your daughter got to win a trophy a ski trophy in Aspen tell me about that because there was a, a charitable
11: end of it as well. There was and honestly I, I've joked since I had that moment and that experience with my daughter I feel like I've won eight <laughs> so <laughs> it's maybe not the traditional uh, look at an eighth championship but you know we ski a lot um my daughters have, have really have passed up mom in, in skiing ability it's amazing how well they ski and there's a pro-am event that benefits the local ski club there in the aspen valley ski club and we've been in the event the last few years but um skied ski just amazing and we literally went undefeated through through the rounds um, it's a six-person team, and, uh, and we made it to the finals and won this year. It was really cool. Did you make her do, like, a hat dance and all that stuff after? No, <laughs> no. It would have been fun to put her through all that. There were some photos, and I could I could sense she wasn't overly comfortable with all the, all the attention on our team and the pictures being taken, though.
1: This season, a lot of change coming, different pieces of the schedule, uh, the new downforce package at Short Tracks and Road Courses. How much of an impact do you
11: think that's going to make? I think it's a great, great step in the right direction. Um I understand the mile and a half stuff and the reason the rules are there, but short track wise, it was just so weird to go to Martinsville and not be able to catch and close in on someone. I mean, you could, from a couple seconds back, you could run it, you know, three tenths faster than a car. You get to them and you stall out, and that was just all arrow to us sitting behind the wheel. So I, I don't know. I hope that it has a big impact and we can show the fans what we felt like we were feeling. So we'll, we'll see how it translates on track. But, again, going back to Martinsville and, and being aerotide at Martinsville, that's not supposed to happen.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like something completely opposite of what you've had your
11: whole life. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we've seen cars go faster with the nose ripped off at Martinsville <laughs> back in the day. And to actually slow down was, was not what any of us wanted. Some, some internal change with the team last season. So what did you take away from 2019 that you bring to 2020? You know, honestly, I, I learned so much in... Say 2018, and Chad and I going our separate ways. Understanding just how important that leadership role is in the race team, and being a part of the hiring process, and unfortunately the, the difficulties of the firing process, um, and then identifying Cliff and bringing Cliff along. I learned a lot through that. I'm not sure I handled it exactly how I wanted to, but uh, certainly learned a lot. And I look back on 18 and 19 as really really big years of growth for me personally, and hopefully that will all lead to a better year in 2020. After multiple times winning
1: the 500, multiple championships, seven, looking for eight now, do you still get butterflies a little
11: bit, or is there that moment when you're in the car and you're thinking, wow, the Daytona 500? That moment's never changed. Honestly, sitting in the car, firing the engines, the 500 is always a bit overwhelming, I think because we've been off for a few months and then you know, we're at our Super Bowl, firing the engines. I have the same butterflies and the same excitement that I did when I was 8 years old to kickstart my dirt bike. I mean, that's part of that experience I've chased my whole life and, and still thankfully have it each time I get in. Seven-time
1: champ, Jimmy Johnson. And you'll want to stick around a little bit later. We'll go into our 48 Stories segment with Jimmy, and he'll talk about racing at Las Vegas Motor Speedway as well as his...
3: Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our Double Fudge Brownie? Oh, sure.
1: Mmm,
2: that's very good. I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still
4: very good. Some things never change. Like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, is it, that macadamia
5: nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir,
2: mm.
4: yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
5: Aim relief,
9: reach for Blue Emu. Works fast and you won't stink. Jeff Gordon has come from virtually nowhere. He's one of NASCAR's all-time greats. For
2: the 93rd time in his career. A
9: pioneering champion. Be at the right place at the right time. The kid who took on the good old boys and changed NASCAR. We started to go toe-to-toe from Earnhardt. MRN presents a 10-part podcast series that traces Jeff Gordon's rise to NASCAR legend. Jeff Gordon, the colorful career of the Rainbow Warrior. Available now at MRN.com and your favorite podcast source.
1: Motor Racing Network will be on air this Friday at Las Vegas Motor Speedway with a NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series Strat 200. Coverage starts at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Woody Kane. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. On Sunday, NASCAR fans were given a treat by having the president and first lady at the Daytona 500. It's not something that happens very often. For more on NASCAR's history of presidential visits, here's MRN's Jason Toy. Over the weekend, President
8: Donald Trump became only the fourth sitting president to attend the NASCAR race. He and the First Lady were the Grand Marshals and gave the command to start the engines.
5: Daytona International Speedway, we love our country and it's truly an honor to be with all of you at the Great American Race. Gentlemen, start your engines
8: first sitting president to visit a nascar race was ronald reagan in 1984 it was the pepsi 400 at daytona that day richard petty won his 200th career race over kale yarborough the president joined mrn's ned Jarrett on the air to talk about the race
5: thank you barney hall it's now a great pleasure and an honor to welcome president ronald reagan who as you know was an athlete himself in college and has a keen interest in sports so on behalf of the people on motor racing network the dayton international speedway president reagan we welcome you well ned i'm pleased to be here this is a, a real kick for me at the same time however having been a sports announcer myself i'm kind of glad that i uh, that i didn't uh, have to broadcast this because i'm having so much trouble trying to sort out who's on first
8: ned jarrett remembers being asked to do the interview
5: i was so honored to get a call from bill france i think it was that uh, ronald reagan was coming to the race. And that they would like for me to uh, interview him in the, uh, the booth that they had him in. It was one of the VIP booths. And uh, I, I was thrilled to death and scared to death, to tell you the truth, because, you know, the president of the United States, and here I am going to be talking to him on the air. And uh, I, of course, immediately uh, accepted the invitation. In
8: 1992 president george hw bush attended the pepsi 400 at daytona on the 4th of july it was the last race at daytona for the king richard petty
3: and so today on the 4th of july this president comes not only to greet the american
8: people and the fans here but this president comes to greet a king
3: richard petty one of the great americans richard i'm proud to be at your side you're up man
1: Richard and the president shaking
5: hands. Yeah, now here's I tell Richard. You, <laughs> I, I, that's the reason he's the president. And I drive a race car. He can talk to the people.
8: Mrn's Winston Kelly was given the honor to talk with the president just before the command.
5: Clearly, one of my most memorable moments in life, not just in racing. Uh, that before the 1992 Firecracker 400 in Daytona, it was Richard Petty's last race, and and Richard was a big Republican, and they'd invited uh, President Bush, 41 to come down and be a part of it. And back then, when the Gentleman Starts Your Engines was done, uh, we held a microphone up so the Grand Marshal, who was President Bush, would say it. And being working the middle area pit Road, I got to do that a lot and had gotten to meet people like Ted Williams and folks like that. So uh, when it came time for all this to take place, they had his area all cordoned off and he was sitting in, I believe it was a, a Pontiac Bonneville pace car, that uh, he and Bill France Jr. were sitting in. And TV was going to show it, but they weren't planning to interview him or be a part of it because they had a policy back then. If they didn't give the other party equal time, you know, they didn't do that. So it's all cordoned off. And I'd already been cleared and told I could just walk up to the car. So they're sitting in the car and I went around to the driver's side where Bill Jr. was and asked him, you know, know, should I just hold the microphone through there? And he kind of looked at me like, you know, no, go around to the other side. He's, he's okay. So I go around to the other side of the car and kneel down. And here I'm talking to the president. And then uh, somebody came up and said they want you to do it from standing outside the car. So he got out of the car and Bill Jr. came around the car. And there was a little bit of delay from the TV standpoint. So probably for about three or four minutes, it felt like an eternity. I'm standing there talking to the president of the United States and the president asked car. And I'd been on MRN for about four years, in, and I'm like, what doesn't fit in this picture?
1: And standing to the immediate right of the president is our own Winston Kelly, who will be alongside to get the uh, words on the MRN microphones. As a matter of fact, Winston, you and uh, the president are going to be chatting things up and checking your wristwatches now as we're just about uh, 15 or 20 seconds away from the start of this Pepsi 400. Winston, it's all yours.
5: Just a few seconds away, correct, Eli? And uh, the president going up to my neck of the woods up in North Carolina, to Faith, North Carolina, for an event this afternoon, and now being introduced by the president of NASCAR, Mr. Bill France Jr., the words that we've been waiting for. Gentlemen... Start your engines. And in 2004, President
8: George W. Bush attended the Daytona 500. It was the first time a sitting president was present at the Great American Race. This time, the Commander-in-Chief joined Barney Hall
3: in the booth before the start. Another special element has been added to the Daytona 500 here this afternoon that has just stepped into our booth, the President of the United States, George Bush. Welcome to Daytona, sir.
11: Thank you, sir. It's, uh, (laughs) It's an unbelievable feeling to be here.
3: I saw you down on pit road talking with some of the drivers down there, and uh, it, you're, the, the uh, armed services are very well represented with, with cars in our division now.
11: Well, I tell you, uh, NASCAR NASCAR fans, uh, car owners support the United States military, and I know our troops really appreciate that.
8: Former MRN President David Hyatt was there that
3: day. We, we, we knew we wanted to talk with him, and we asked if we could talk to him, and they said yes. But we didn't know literally until about an hour before broadcast when we were going to get him. And we got him at the worst possible time. They wanted to give the command, then bring him up, and have him come straight to our air. Right when we're building to the start of the race and the green flag. And as we got up on the air, <clears throat> we were uh, we were there, and they told us we'd have him for five minutes. Five minutes went by, and seven minutes went by. And we're coming to the green and barney convinces president bush that he needs to call the race to the green and then he does and he's clearly not the broadcaster that our team was uh, or that perhaps one of his predecessors reagan was uh, who did sports broadcasting but nonetheless he he made the call i'll tell you what we'd like you to do if you would like to do it when they come off turn number four and that pace car hits pit road would you like to say here they come to the green
10: for us sure
11: You pinch me when I'm supposed to say here they come to the green.
3: (laughs) All right. Pace car about to ease off on the pit road right now. 43 of the best stock car drivers in the world, about 1,000 feet away from the start-finish line. And to call the start of the Daytona 500, the President of the United States, George Bush. Here they come to the green. To hear more stories
8: about these historical events, check out MRN.com's latest podcast series called
1: 50 Years, the Voice of NASCAR. Thanks, Jason. On the way, we'll get a preview of Vegas this weekend, and later, Brendan Gaughan joins us.
8: Seven-point reinforced nylon harness. Check. Carbon fiber head and neck restraint. Check. Thermoplastic nylon window webbing.
0: Check. NASCAR uses innovative technology to protect their drivers. Shouldn't you do the same to protect your Wi-Fi network? With Xfinity XFi Advanced Security, your XFi gateway safeguards all the devices on your home network. So if it's connected, it's protected. Wi Fi security? Check. Xfinity, official partner of NASCAR. Visit Xfinity.com to learn more.
2: The 1993 Cup Series season had more than its fair share of twists and turns. Checker flags waving. I look in my mirror and here's Earnhardt right on my tail and he goes down low to pass me. And I said, oh no you don't.
5: As Wallace spins, Wallace's car goes on its nose. Here's
2: stories that you've never heard before in a 10-part series called the 1993 season. And Davey was behind me and we came off the corner and there's a guy standing in the middle of the racetrack.
1: You can download it for free on iTunes and at MRN.com right now. We'll preview the Pennzoil 400 weekend at Las Vegas Motor Speedway next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Woody Kane. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This weekend, the NASCAR Cup Series moves to the Las Vegas Motor Speedway for the Pennzoil 400. It's the first time we experience the schedule changes for the 2020 season, headed out to the West Coast immediately following Daytona. Kevin Harvick is a fan of moving the West Coast swing further up on the calendar.
7: I think there's a lot of good moves with the schedule this year. Um, you know, I think as, as you look at, um, you know, getting out to the West Coast, we've always, it's always kind of dicey in, in Atlanta, just given that, you know, three more weeks, um, four more weeks to, to kind of swing uh the the weather hopefully in a a positive direction uh more consistently um you know i think getting out to the west coast obviously it's uh you know it's it's tough on the teams uh you know to get everything prepared and headed in the right direction and uh, if you have something going wrong you you know you have very minimal uh time to uh to, to try to you know work on things so it's uh I'm excited about getting out there. The West Coast Swing kind of gives you an idea of of where you are, especially at Vegas, uh, going back there for for the champion or, you know, for the playoffs. So, you know, it'll give you a good place to to kind of reference where you are.
1: Kyle Larson has three top five finishes at Las Vegas, but still maintains he isn't sure how
11: to race there. I don't really know, you know, how to race with this package now, and, and everybody's got their stuff a little bit better. I don't know. You know, the top got going so good to me. Uh... Last time that you know, I assume that we'll be able to run the top just as fast. Um, and I think you know, three and four will get really hot and slick, so um, I would like handling to come into play because then you know, your teams with a better
1: you know, set up car will be fast. Rookie contender Tyler Reddick is very excited to get out to the west coast, but he's aware that it's going to be work to get the car right.
11: Yeah, very, I'm very excited and curious. Um, I mean. It's not just going to be magically faster. We're going to have to get the balance right. We're going to have to figure out where we want to be, uh, you know, you know, propped up, trimmed out, what have you. Uh, we we'll we got to figure out what that's going to look like for us. But it's it's really hard even in practice these days. Even at those tracks, figure out what you have um, because so many people show up with so many different things. But So you just kind of have to wait till Sunday. But me and Randall are going to do everything we can when we get to Vegas to – go with what we feel like is going to be the best for us in the race.
1: Daytona 500 pole sitter Ricky Stenhouse Jr. likes being on the West Coast and feels
11: more confident about
1: racing with the rules package going into year number two with it. Yeah, we en-
11: I enjoy the West Coast swing. I love I love Las Vegas. Fontana, I feel like is a, a, a great underrated racetrack. And, um, you know, Phoenix, I've, I've had success there and, uh, and ran well, but um, as of late, I, I, we haven't been that good at Phoenix. But uh, I enjoy just, you know, being in the sun of uh, California and and Phoenix. Vegas can be a little windy and chilly at times, but uh, you never know. We all, you know, learned uh, what we needed in our race cars to to run better and to run closer to the cars in front of you uh, and and to compete um, at a higher level. And I think all that kind of evolved over um, the course of the season. And now that we're going into year two with kind of the, the same package, I feel like that, you know, the race is going to continue to get better on those.
1: Ryan Fries is hoping to continue his momentum after a solid showing in the Daytona 500 despite a crash in the closing laps. He says the sooner they get their car right on mile-and-a-half tracks, the better they're set up for the season.
11: Absolutely. I think it's important to find speed at all intermediates. Um, if if you're pretty solid at, at one or two, you're, you're going to pretty much make that transition to most of them, some of them at least uh, as as far as how some of them are grip-wise, but, um, you know, we'll find out.
1: Coming up next, Brendan Gaughan will join the show, and later, we'll have 48 stories with Jimmy Johnson. Today's broadcast
2: is brought to you by Blue Emu. No chill, no burn, no odor. Blue Emu. Works fast and you won't stink.
0: Welcome back to Sports View. Today's topic... Game changers. Makes me think of Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Finally, a simple, efficient way to quote home insurance. Let's go to Colin, who will now try to say something. Okay, first of all,
4: are you kidding? Never in my life. Okay, when you see stuff like this, look, I'm not the only one who thinks this, although everybody says I am.
0: Well said, Colin.
9: Well well said.
2: Get right to the point with Home Quote Explorer. It's a game changer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers.
1: Once again, updated information on Ryan Newman late this afternoon from Roush Fenway Racing. He is awake and speaking with family and doctors at the Halifax Medical Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. So good news on Ryan Newman today. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to what he came. Thanks for hanging out with us this week on NASCAR Live. Over the weekend, MRN's Alex Hayden sat down with Brendan Gaughan to talk about his town of Las
10: Vegas and its ties to NASCAR. As a Las Vegas resident and a businessman, more importantly, in the city of Las Vegas, what does it mean to to you as a businessman and a resident to see what NASCAR has become in the city of Las Vegas? You know,
3: look, when 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 Ralph Engelstadt, the late Ralph Ingolstadt and Richie Klein, When they talked, my dad was there early on when they were talking about it, and and they talked about taking this piece of dirt where we raced off-road cars, and they are going to build this big thing. And we're talking 95, 96, these meetings are going on. It's like, really? You know, I mean, NASCAR was starting to get bigger, but it wasn't. You know, you didn't think about it being in Vegas. And professional sports in Vegas, everybody kind of went, eh. At the time, sporting wasn't really the big thing as far as the biggest entertainment in the world. So Vegas bought into it. And even they all said, you know what, let's do it. And we, it, they built a, lot, a beautiful racetrack. A few years later, Bruton Smith buys it, puts that beautiful garage in there, makes this an entertainment race where they've got showgirls and live bands in the infield, and it was a big deal. And my dad early on realized what it was the biggest sporting event in Vegas. Like, it was the biggest event we had as a town. It was huge. And we've been trying and fighting and scratching for a second date, and we got a second date. And if there's a place that can do it, it's Vegas. So. For me, as the Las Vegas businessman and local, we bought into this thing years ago, Alex. We love the racing. NASCAR fans in Vegas love the racing. Look at how many race car drivers are from Las Vegas. True. You know, okay, I suck. I mean, I I never became anything really great. But you've got Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch. You've got Noah Gregson coming up. You have the Allegiant uh, Airlines racing team, which had Spencer Racing for a while, and now Spencer runs their program, but they've owned their own race team. They're Vegas residents. You've got Riley Herps coming up now. Noah Gregson coming up now. You've got superstars from the future being groomed. Vegas is a hotbed. You, know, there is, you realize there is not any other town in America that has as many
10: champions and NASCAR stars than Las Vegas does. He says Spencer and their race team, that's Spencer Gallagher, GMS Racing is what he's referring to. Okay, but but Las Vegas, a lot of people have visited Las Vegas, whether it's for a convention, whether just a little vacation, people don't realize that is a booming place For people to live. This is a big place, which now I think the sports world is beginning to embrace that. You mentioned the the second date NASCAR (laughs) race there. We've got the Raiders in town. Obviously, the National Hockey League is there. Professional baseball is there. Not Major League, maybe yet, but professional baseball is there. The professional bull riders are there. Everything that is top-notch sports is now (laughs) going to Vegas.
3: Vegas is a town that knows how
10: to follow trends.
3: In the 1980s, Vegas was an adult playground, right? You had all the shows on the strip were were topless reviews and very adult-oriented. In the 90s, it became more of a kid-friendly place, and the town went kid-friendly. We built, the MGM was built, and they built an amusement park with it. Circus Circus Adventure Dome, roller coasters, and all these things. And then Vegas went back to being a little more, not quite as adult as it was in the 70s and 80s, but more, hey, you know what? The kids' stuff didn't make us as much money. Let's go back to what made us money. And we went after Broadway plays and, and big-time production shows with the circ shows and everything. Now what is the biggest form of entertainment in the world? Sports. Sports, Sports is the biggest business. So Vegas doesn't drop those trends. We, we suckered the Raiders into coming to Las Vegas. <laughs> we built an arena on personally one of the worst pieces you could ask for, but they built an NFL stadium right in the dead center of, of the resort corridor, and now we have this beautiful facility that's going to have the UNLV football team there, that's going to have, we're going to have the Super Bowl one day, we're going to have m- even bigger concerts than we already have, Vegas rides trends, they just moved the, the you said professional baseball, they are the Las Vegas 51s, the 51s have been at a stadium that's been there since 19, oh god, it was like 1979, 82 or something, it's been a... a you know, a triple A ball club forever. They built the Hughes Exec Corporation, built a gorgeous, ma- it's not a Major League Baseball stadium, but it's one of the top three stadiums in triple A baseball up in Summerlin, Nevada, because sports is too big now. And they're selling out triple A games. NHL came. Oh my God, you never thought it would work. Now NHL's there. NFL's there. You talk about maybe Major League Baseball coming. I think the biggest driver now, though, is when we grew up, Alex, and you've been around the sport with me a long time. Yeah. Saying the word gambling almost got you tackled and hogtied, and you know, and put a gag ball in your mouth. Like, don't say that word. Now we talk. I I just got done doing the Gone Racing Show. It's a betting show on Sundays. Me and Pete Pistoni have the Fantasy Racing Show. Vegas embraced it. Now the world is embracing it, and keyly, it for us, NASCAR
10: has embraced it, and that's a huge thing for our sport. Brendan Gone joining us here. You mentioned the money-making. You bring up the gambling. Obviously, gambling is synonymous with Las Vegas. And whether people wanted to talk about it or not, it, it was taboo. I think that oh, that's changed taboo. quite a bit. Hm. Gambling is now what it is. And people can say what they want, but fantasy racing is a form of gambling. The,
3: listen, when they asked me if I wanted to do a fantasy racing show on Sirius XM, I went, yeah, it's just gambling in NASCAR. I can do that. And they go, no, no, it's fantasy. And I go, yeah, it's gambling in NASCAR. They're like, no, but it's fantasy. I'm like, Yeah. I got it. I can do it. You know, it, the world, though, I mean, we grew up in a world there where 20 years ago I almost lost a ride because somebody even mentioned the fact about my family's history. You know, I mean, that, that was like I couldn't even talk about it. Now we have the VSIN studio. The Vegas Stats and Information Network is a glass box in the middle of our casino and sports book. That it's unheard it's of. It's beautiful. It's unheard of, Alex. Like, now other places are doing it now. They're jumping in it. Everybody's doing it. NASCAR embraced this early. When, when NASCAR came, they were the first professional sport, other than boxing, to come to Las Vegas. And NASCAR said, you know what? That's fine. Put bets up on your board. They weren't worried about the team staying in casinos and doing it. They they never they knew that our sport didn't have to worry about that stuff. Yeah. So they've, they've embraced it. Now even more so, Kansas has a casino out of turn two. Right on the facility. NASCAR just announced a huge deal with Penn Gaming. Uh, Last year they announced a deal, and I I can't remember which betting site they did, but NASCAR is coming out with their own in-game fantasy betting app. So you can bet during the race. Change when the stages end. NASCAR, is the sport that has the biggest upside from the betting standpoint, football, it's been happening forever. It's saturated. Yeah, it'll gain more. more places that are legal. It'll gain more that you'll see more legally bet. But it's already been illegally bet for decades. NASCAR now is going to have the biggest uptick because now as fans go, wait, 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 I can bet. And and they're going to be heart bettors, which is the best. (laughs) You know, I love Kyle Larson. I'm going to bet on Kyle Larson. You know, this is going to be people that just bet with their hearts, and it's going to be awesome.
10: And as a businessman, that uh, businessman, that's a good thing.
3: Well, we bet love bet the guys that bet with their hearts yeah. because normally <laughs> the heart doesn't do as well as the head. But you know, the main thing is it's available now, yeah. and the ways it's available, we've come up with ways to make racing fun to bet. Group matchups where you pick four people, you don't have to win the race now. You're picking a race; it's a forty man horse race. It's really hard to pick a winner. Yeah. But you can do top three. You can do group matchups. You can do head-to-head matchups. You've made it where now, in the old days, if it's a boring race, man, you're watching a guy lead by 30 seconds. You're like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> Guess what? Now, go to 16th and 17th, and I'm going to show you Chris Boucher, Austin Dillon, Ty Dillon, and, and uh, uh, I almost said Elliott Sadler. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and Tyler Reddick. They're group F. That's for big money for somebody. Somebody has 500 bucks on a plus 280 on Tyler Reddick to win that group, and there's five to go. You can have drama in 16th place. It makes television go better. It makes eyeballs want to watch longer. And in the end, what does that do? I Means sponsors want to be here.
10: It brings us all up. The rising tide floats every boat higher. Well said. Also, you mentioned Las Vegas as a city keeps up with the trends. All right, South Point Hotel and Casino, it's great to keep up. But you also want to be a leader. What are you guys doing to try to separate yourself and be the leaders in these trends?
3: Well, we were the first ones to put a television studio inside our casino. I mean, we, we, when the laws started changing, we got really lucky that a a guy that you might have heard of once or twice, some guy named Brent Musburger or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, small-time guy. Brent Musburger (laughs) built the VEASAN network, and he wanted to do it in the South Point, and he got a typical Michael Ghosn deal. A lifetime lease for $1 a year and okay uh, it's it's a typical it's a great Michael gone that great businessman that he is give it away and and look, but it started a it started a phenomenon in Las Vegas and in the country that now we can talk about these things they're a 24 seven network now that talks all day long sports betting doesn't matter what it is NASCAR included that's one of the biggest things and then we also were we're the only arena with the world's largest or country's largest indoor equestrian center so we just we have our niche, we work well in our niche, and my father, as much as I'd love, I, it hates pains me to say it, but when you're lucky so many times in a row, you kind of have to start saying you might be good. I think Michael Gaughan's
10: got a career in this. He does. I think Brendan Gaughan has a career as well. Speaking of career, your driving career, you've said 2020 will be your last year as a race car 2017 driver.
3: 2017 was my last year.
10: <laughs> 20, 2020 is my last year of being just having fun and going on vacation. So what's next for Brendan Gunn? Obviously, based off of everything you said, you're going to still have a, a footprint in the sport of NASCAR racing, maybe just a different realm.
3: Well, I, I, I just won't, I'm just i not going to come and play in the NASCAR world anymore. I, I've had a great career. If you'd have told me in 1997 that I'd even been able to have half the career I had, I'd be honored. So look, I'm busy already. I got City Light Shine, my moonshine company that old NASCAR official Mike Dolan is yep. my distiller. We're out there and it's starting to do well. I got a cleaning company. I have two casinos in in Mesquite, Nevada that I run for my family. So I am busy enough as it is. And then I have two children and we are starting to race BMX big time and it's time for their area, their era for me to start doing it with them. But I'll always be driving. I race my off road stuff. I won the Baja Thousand last year, which for our family is as big to us as the Daytona five hundred is to everybody around here. And I might go if I can lose some weight. Yes, I need to lose some weight. Go figure. I said that. I I'm okay with it. <laughs> um, I'd love to get back and maybe some sports cars. I have two bucket list races oh. that I still want to get to. And they are uh, Paris to Dakar, which I was almost pulled the trigger on this year, but I will next year most likely, and Le Mans. And so I, I want to do those two still, and I, I got to lose a little weight to get to Le Mans. What's the magic number weight wise that you need to lose? If I can lose about, if I can get back to about 205, 200, I'd be happy. You can do that. Oh, I I can do it. The question is, how much effort am I going to put into it? You know, (laughs) as you get older, it it, it wasn't as easy when I was
10: 25 to lose 20 pounds. So now it's going to take a little more effort. Brendan, all the best. Thanks for so much. And look forward to, to what's next for you, Brendan Gaughan. Always appreciate it, Mr. Hayden, sir.
1: That's Brendan Gaughan and Alex Hayden. On the way next, 48 stories with Jimmy Johnson. And later, we'll take you back to this week in NASCAR history.
9: Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-242-1706. 800-242-1706. 800-242-1706. This is 48 Stories
2: with Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson
11: has a long history of racing in the Las Vegas area. I, I love coming back here. I spent so much time here in my younger years racing from uh, racing dirt bikes in the Henderson area uh, a lot of years the Mini nationals were, were placed over there for the amateur dirt bike racers uh, literally across the street is where the uh, the start finish in the main pit area for the mid 400 was which I uh, changed a lot of tires and and worked in a pit for many years and then also competed in a few of the, the mid 400s myself so Vegas has been great to me in, in racing and really kind of Growing up on the West Coast, uh, a racing hub. So when, when this track was built here, I uh, hoped to race on it. And it certainly had my success on this track and, and enjoy it out here. This has been
1: 48 Stories with Jimmy
11: Johnson. Now, back to Woody Kane.
1: Join us each week as we feature a new story from the seven-time champion, Jimmy Johnson. Before we wrap up this week's show, Susie Armstrong has This Week in NASCAR History.
0: This week, we flash back to the days of thunder, 1990. Bonnie Raitt swept the 32nd Grammy Awards, scooping up Best Album, Top Pop, and Rock Female Vocalist honors. Morgan Freeman was up on the wheel with Jessica Tandy in the Academy Award-winning hit Driving Miss Daisy. And Dale Earnhardt seemed to be out on a country cruise until a cut tire on the final lap handed Daytona 500 glory to unlikely victor, Derek Cole. To go. Still, Earnhardt now stretching his lead by
3: another car length over Cope. The body can't do anything with Cope either. Earnhardt's car blows up. Earnhardt, Earnhardt blows a tire in turn number three. Derek Cope down to the inside. Terry the second as
1: Dale Earnhardt slides back into the fourth position. Off the corner, it's Derek Cope. But here comes Terry Levante. He looks to the inside. Derek Cope covers the spot. Earnhardt's not a factor here. Cope pulled off the challenge of Levante. Derek Cope wins the Daytona 500 in a remarkable upset here at the World Center of Racing.
0: 1996. Collective Soul rules the globe with the number 1 rock song, The World I Know. Ted Turner seals a 7.5 billion dollar deal, merging the cable news network and Sports Illustrated, launching a new sports channel, CNNSI. And Dale Jarrett's union with Robert Yates Racing proved to be fruitful again in Daytona as the second generation driver held off Dale Earnhardt to claim his second win in the Great American Race.
2: Dale Jarrett on the defensive, tucks it down to the inside of the racetrack. Everybody's shuffling to the inside, to the outside, but there's no lane. Dale Jarrett driving for the win of the Daytona 500.
10: Here is Earnhardt looking low off board. Jarrett blocks. Earnhardt looks wide. Jarrett is there coming to the line. The winner of the 38th Daytona 500
0: is Dale Jarrett. 2007, Rodney Atkins views life from the top of the country charts with the hit, Watching You. Pop star Britney Spears shaves her head, sports a new tattoo, and says yes, yes, yes to rehab after family intervenes. And Kevin Harvick intruded on Mark Martin's dominant day at the 49th Daytona 500, beating the veteran stock car ace to the line in one of the closest finishes in 500 history. Stop and here comes
2: Kevin Harvick, he draws even with Mark Martin, side by side for the race lead for the win,
10: Martin down low, Kevin Harvick wheel to wheel, Bush spins off turn four. Kyle Busch spins, Matt Kenseth spins, but here comes the race to the Daytona 500 victory at the stripe,
8: Kevin Harvick gets it by inches, comes out of nowhere, and Kevin Harvick
0: is the 2007 Daytona 500 winner. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history.
1: Thanks, Susie. Special thanks to Denny Hamlin, Brendan Gaughan, and the cast and crew of the Motor Racing Network. We're back with you this coming Friday night from Las Vegas Motor Speedway for the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series. The Strat 200 comes your way at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Friday night. Until next week, I'm Woody Kane filling in for Mike Bagley. We'll see you right back here. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network
2: with studios in Concord, North Carolina. And was brought to you by Wheelan On the road, in the air, and around the world. Wheelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. And by Blue Emu. Blue Emu's family of products supports healthy muscles and joints. Is family owned and made here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa and Tyler Burnett, and Rich Colbert. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.
3: Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure.
2: Mmm. That's very good. I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep,
4: still very good. Some things never change. Like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance.
5: Mm. Mmm, is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more.
0: Sir, Mm.
4: yeah. I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
0: Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com.